Hey, it's Jesse. We'll get to the show in just a sec, but I wanted to ask for a quick favor first. Science Telephone is still pretty new, and we really love making it, and we want to keep doing it. So if you are enjoying the show and you want to see it continue and grow, consider rating us or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to make the show more visible online. And tell your friends, too. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us, and I hope you enjoyed this ridiculous episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Thank you for calling Science Telephone. If the call drops out at any point, it's only because we use dial-up internet, and Jesse is trying to load a JPEG or something. Oh, hello! I am Jesse, and this is Science Telephone. We've got some very cool science and a few very terrified comedians lined up, and they have their notebooks at the ready. As per usual, we'll start by chatting with our scientist and learning a little bit about her and her work. Then we'll run it through the telephone of our three comedians, and we'll see what comes out the other end. So, coming up on the show, we have, and now I am looking at these names <laughs> on my computer, and I see that they're all very weirdly similar. We have Tim Carlson, Raylan Carson, and Peter Carlone. <laughs> no relation, as far as I know, but um, all that soon. So, I'm here now with this episode's scientist, Dr. Love S.A. Chile. Thank you for being on the show, Dr. Chile. Thanks so much for having me. I know we're going to be talking about plastics a bit today, but maybe to sort of start off and give us some context, what kind of plastics are we going to be talking about? Like what's included under that umbrella? Yeah, so my work's in primarily bio-based and or biodegradable plastics. Uh, the catch-all term for these is bioplastics. What's sort of the goal of your research? What's driven you to working on this? Yeah, so um, the goal of my research is to better understand how we can manage the waste of this new type of plastic. Um, at the moment, there's no real waste management infrastructure for bio-based plastics. And so they generally end up in the landfill, which isn't a great place for them. So yeah, I do a lot of work in the biodegradation and understanding what it takes to really start to break down these plastics. Gotcha. Like how big a problem are plastics right now? Plastics as a whole are a ginormous problem. Um, <laughs> they, they've solved probably more problems than they have caused, but the problems that they cause are on such a grand scale. There's no way out of it. We have to figure out what's going on with plastic waste. And so one way that we can kind of fix this problem is, you know, to not be using fossil-based plastics. So things where you take oil out of the ground and you use that to make plastics. And that's where bio-based plastics really come into the equation, where they're made from um, natural and renewable feedstocks. And on the other side of the life cycle is the waste management. At the moment, you know, we try to recycle as much as we can, but the recycling system is a little bit broken. And so when it comes to biodegradable plastics, uh, there's this opportunity to have more waste management options than just recycling. Things like composting and other types of techniques uh, come into play too. That's really interesting. In terms of the, the actual work that you're doing, what kind of science are you working with here? Is this sort of chemistry that you're dealing with or? Yeah, so I am a person who has fingers and many pies, I guess you could say. So <laughs> we work on, <laughs> uh, we try to attack the issue from all fronts. So we work on both chemical, biological and mechanical degradation processes for mm. plastics and the interplay between all of those uh, because degradation happens on many fronts um, and it's all very kind of intermingled with each other. So a lot of the, the scientific research that we do is trying to probing each of those different kind of mechanisms to see if we can accelerate that degradation. But we also do softer scientific work, which is more talking about policy interventions. You know, how can we create um, networks of stakeholders that will actually start to develop technologies on a broader scale that will allow these materials to flow within our society a bit more smoothly? Oh, interesting. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add that you think might be useful for people who are listening to this show as they hear the comedians try and interpret what you've written? I don't know if I could summarize something in a few seconds because <laughs> there's a lot going on when it comes to plastics. So, um, yeah, let's just kind of dive right in, I guess. We'll see Sounds what good. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I think then it's time to bring in our first comedian. And here he is. Hello? Hello? Hey, Tim Carlson, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure pleasure to be back. Tim, do you realize that you're on the show with three people whose names all sound exactly the same, like the three comedians? Uh their, yeah. Their last names? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's startling how close our names are. <laughs> now that I think about it, now that you pointed it out, it's I can't bizarre. stop thinking about it. It's one letter. It's one letter in each of our names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I, I want to introduce you to Dr. Lovese Chile, who we have here on the show. Hello. Hey, Tim. 
Dr. Chile has written out a one-minute explanation of her work for you to read, and Amazing. I have just emailed it to you. Okay, perfect. So check your email. I'm refreshing. Great. I'm refreshing again. Okay, one more time. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> ah, coming in hot. Okay. So <laughs> while you quickly look at that and try and make sense of it, Dr. Chile, you can relax and listen to the chaos unfold. I hope, hope you enjoy watching your work. I am excited. Be flawlessly communicated. Tim, before I bring on our next guest, how would you like me to introduce you? Uh, you can uh, introduce me as Dr. Ned Bink. Okay, time to call in our next guest. Uh, just wait one second. Dad, I'm doing something! <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I'm living with my parents and I'm Raylan. <laughs> hello. Hello. We've got Raylan Carson on the phone with us now. Hello, hello. How's it going? Uh, you know, it's going pretty well. You shouted at your dad earlier, and I noticed you've been talking about your dad like a lot on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Can you like give us a, a very quick TLDR about you and your dad? You're gonna have to give me a quick. What the hell does TDLR mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means it's like I realize it's like old weird internet terminology. It means that too long didn't read. Like what's like what's going oh, on? What's the short version? Um, well, you know, um, living with the folks again because uh, COVID's. <laughs> Really fucked me up that way. And now me and my dad are becoming uh, pretty much siblings. All we do is dumb shit every day and annoy my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but he stays out of your room most of the time? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, well, I have a cat in here. Um, he's allergic, so she can't leave the room and he'll he'll come in and like give her treats and stuff unbeknownst to me so sometimes she'll just like crack open the door he's like oh sorry <laughs> or i'll just hear my door open and close and he's like yeah she's doing great in there <laughs> i'm like what the hell but yeah it's little, pretty chill. spooky it's uh, yeah he's spooky but cool spooky you know <laughs> yeah i know cool spooky is like definitely a man yeah i think so I want to introduce you to our scientist we have on the show today. I'm really excited for you to meet Dr. Ned Bink. Oh, yes. Ned, I've heard about you. Yeah. Or should I call you Dr. Bink? Uh, please call me Dr. Ned Bink. Dr. Ned Bink. Okay. Full. Yeah, that's what I prefer. It's actually, I, I'm thinking about hyphenating my full name. <laughs> okay. That's just to make it. Not, that's Dr. Ned you just Ned wouldn't Bink. have a last name? Then I don't have to clarify with people. I am growing tired of having to constantly... <laughs> correct people hey it's i get that people usually yeah. call me ray when i've never introduced myself other than ray lynn so yeah. i get it you understand my plight i got two first names i would suggest looking into it hyphen hyphenate <laughs> your whole name whoa i like this <laughs> Dr. Nedbank, mm. we're gonna give you about a minute to explain your work to uh ray lynn so uh you can start whenever you're ready <clears throat> well we investigate the degradation of biodegradable polymers. These materials break down in three phases, okay? Lag, biodegradation, and plateau. The length of each stage depends on the polymer. Naturally occurring polymers, such as cellulose display, very short lag time, uh, which can be associated simply with the acclimatization of microbial species in the environment. Okay. Conversely, okay? Polymers containing hydroxyesters, okay. such as PLA, PHA, and of course, PCL, tend to show a longer lag period. There's an interplay between uh, uh, abiotic and biotic hydrolysis uh, that exists during uh, the initial stages of the degradation process. And recent literature, very exciting, uh, suggests that abiotic uh, hydrolysis is in the main uh, is the main contributing factor with high uh, molecular weight polymers. Thus, this lag to the degradation process is ascribed to the initial diffusion of water into the polymer matrix before breakdown into uh, oligomers and <laughs> monomers. <clears throat> of course, uh, more specifically, sorry, I, I'll be more specific. The biodegradation phase can be further understood as occurring in two steps. Primary external degradation, where readily, moderately, and slowly hydrosoluble carbon is converted to water-soluble intermediate carbon, monomers, oligomers, and lactic acid, of course, 
and ultimate internal degradation where this intermediate carbon is mineralized CO2, water, and humic substances. Enzymatic hydrolysis begins when polymer molecular weights reach uh, 10 uh, kilo, uh, kilo DAs. Though uh, mole uh, molecular weights as low as 2 to 3 kilo DAs are required before, uh, before oligomers are uh, water-soluble. The generation of these low molecular weight compounds decreases the pH, decreases the pH, sorry, of the compost, leading to the autocatalytic degradation of biodegradable polyesters. Depending on the compost environment and method, PLA products have shown to degrade after 30 to 90 days at uh, 50 to 60 degrees Celsius. That's it. I trust that's all pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I got I, I got mm. quite a few questions, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> this is very interesting. Can mm -hmm. you tell me one more time what it is that you are, what kind of scientist you are? <laughs> uh, well, that's such a great question. It's really hard to nail down one science, I find. Uh, my research <clears throat> has taken me into many sciences, and I like to think of myself as a dabbler, and I dabble, uh, of course, in, uh, you know, hydroxyesters, you know, PLA, PHA, and PCL, which we all have in our homes. And what do those stand for? Uh, well, PLA, of course, is polymer latimer ultimatus. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a very high altitude uh, plastic. Uh, and oh, PHA. Mm, PLA is, yeah. And PHA is uh, polymer... Halitosis aromatis, which is the uh, stinky plastic, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with. as uh, that sort of new, that uh, often new plastic smell. Um, and of course, PCL is a polymer cloitus ligustus, uh, which is a mystery plastic we found uh, in space. Whoa! Yeah. So this is yeah, all kind of space stuff. Some of it, uh, yes. Uh, it was discovered, of course, during the Apollo missions and brought back to Earth in secret, uh, but that's all now been declassified so we can uh, bring our our research to the public. Wow. So uh, just what was the first line that you said off the top? It was that you were dealing with deg... Um... Oh, degradation, of course. We investigate the degradation of biodegradable polymers. Hi, hi, sorry, one more time. Hi, uh, degradation uh, of what? Of, uh, <laughs> the degradation of biodegradable polymers, Bio which of course is PLA, PHA, and PCL. Degradable polymers. You can biodegrade them in many different ways. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, what are your favorite ways to do that? What are some of the... I mean, ooh, if I had to pick a favorite, oh, don't tell the others. Um, I like I like a nice water matrix, just a soft water matrix. We have quite a bit of soft water at the lab, and uh, I find it's very pleasing to the touch. And also has a nice sound that it makes. Wow, what's the sound? It's sort of a... It's sort of a Swash. Swash. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, you win. Swash. 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 So just a quick question. Sorry to inter interrupt the swashing. Overall, Dr. Ned Bank, what would you say is, very broadly speaking, the goal of your work? Honestly, uh, that's a question that I, it keeps me up at night. I am constantly trying to uh, justify why this work is important. And I think that ultimately, uh, you know, the world needs to think a, a little bit more about the polymers that surround us, and we need to think a little bit more on how to take them down a peg. You know, they we've become too reliant on polymers, and I think that uh, biodegradable polymers uh, honestly are the future, but we need to find their weakness. We need to, if we're going to use such a powerful weapon, and I use weapon in a metaphorical sense. It's not an actual oh, okay. weapon. I, I don't care for that. Uh, but <laughs> such a, a powerful tool, we need to find its weakness so that we may exploit it to protect ourselves. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, that's all the time we've got for you right now, uh, Dr. Ned Bank. Thank you so much. A pleasure as always. Yeah, we really appreciate your time. Good luck. Excellent. 
Thank you. Raylan, how you doing? <laughs> uh, well, as good as I can get right now. Holy schmoly macaroni. Good gracious. <sighs> Do you have a, um, a scientist name I can introduce you as? How about... <laughs> It's okay if you don't. I don't. Um, let's do... You can be Dr. Ray. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> I don't have anything clever right now. My mind okay. is <laughs> trying to remember everything I just learned. That's fine. Okay, you you keep that steel trap brain of yours focused on what was just said to you, and we'll bring in our next comedian. Awesome. Hello. Oh, hello. Welcome to the show. We've got Peter Carlone on the phone. Hello, Peter. Good to be here. It's very, very good to have you, Peter. It is your first time on the show. I know you are like very, like you've got a lot of tech skills. What's your like science sort of background like? Okay, how familiar are you with the show King King of the Hill? Uh, low to medium familiar. So uh, one of the best characters on the show is Peggy Hill. And uh, she is like, oh, I'm expert at Spanish. I, uh, I teach kids Spanish. I'm 100% fluid in Spanish. But kind of the running joke through the show is that she's actually very, very bad uh, and doesn't understand most of it. And that's me about science. I'm sort of the Peggy Hill of science. Very, very confident. Um, and if I get challenged once, it all falls apart. Okay, well, don't worry. No one's going to challenge you at all on this show. So you'll be fine. Okay, then full confidence. I want to introduce you to um, our scientists that we have on the show today. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Ray here. Hello. Dr. Ray. Hi. Hello there. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet yeah. you, too. So Dr. Ray is going to tell us a little bit about her research, uh, and then you're going to have an opportunity to ask some questions. Uh, you've got your notes, notepad Standing ready. Standing by with notepad, yes. Excellent. Dr. Ray, you can begin whenever you're ready. Well, hello. So I am a scientist that uh, deals with Good. the degradation of biodegatler of polymers. Okay? And what that is, is uh, we are trying to figure out the lagging, uh, not like a leg like a, on a physical body, but lagging as in the weight um, or time and weight that legs. Uh, sorry, I'm just so excited. Um, so what we're oh, doing I can with tell, that, I can tell. that is we, we're figuring out what the lagging is and uh, the bio that works with it. So we have quite a few things that we do. We actually, we have three different types of plastic. We have just regular plastic, which is PLA. And then we also have stinky plastic, which is PHA. <laughs> And uh, we have PCL, which is unknown plastic that you can find <laughs> and that we have found in space. Different things with that is uh, there's also, we are trying to find the abotic weight for this uh, with their primary uh, and slower, uh, we'll, we'll slowly, so what we do is we are trying to get uh, turn this uh, slow air into water. Uh, and then there's also uh, water that's also we're trying to turn uh, kind of humanic. Okay? Um, and that's <laughs> all at the a weight of 10 kilo DAs. Okay? If you need me to slow down, let me know. Also, I might. Okay. Well... And one other thing that we do is we uh, we're looking for pH decreases and increases, but mostly decreases. There's also soft water matrix that's involved. It's a very uh, like I don't know if you've ever touched water, but water is usually uh, sharp and hard. But this one's yeah, actually a very soft water, <laughs> and uh, the sound that it makes is uh, a swish. <laughs> okay, yeah. And All right. yeah. So I think that's about it. Thank you, Dr. Ray. Thank you. Oh boy. Do you have some questions, Peter? Oh, so many questions. Dr. Ray, uh, I, your excitement is palpable. I can hear it through the phone call. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell that you're very excited about this. I think we all are excited as well to see what goes on with these three different types of plastics, Absolutely. especially the newly discovered unknown plastics. Yes. 
Can you tell me what all of this is for? <laughs> what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out the polymers that surround us, how we can uh, take those and change them and not use them as a weapon, but as a tool. Mm, you know, I love it. Because uh, plastic's all around us. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen a lot of um, yep. plastic in the ocean. Um, you see yep. plastic and garbage, but this kind of plastic yep. is a different plastic. Like we have regular plastic, we have stinky plastic, which is like a fresher plastic. <laughs> okay, you know that stinky right. fresh plastic smell. Do uh, Dr. Ray, let me let me stop you there. Can you right back off the top? You were saying the the uh, degradation of bio degalature. Uh, um, yeah. Do you want to just like exp expand on on uh, what <laughs> what that is entirely? <laughs> Oh, yeah, what definitely. Is that? What does even that word mean, degalature? <laughs> well, uh, it's a degradation. So degradation. Oh, degradation. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> degradation. Um, that is like kind degradation? of like. No, deg degradations. Degradations. Uh, okay, yeah. Degradations. Yeah, great. I just wanted. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't degradation and that it's actually degradation. <laughs> yeah, it's the second one, and the second one. <laughs> Uh, so what that means, um, uh -huh. I'll, I'll break down each word. So um, that word is, <clears throat> you know, there's, you know, when something has a job and it's delegated, it's kind of like that, but with plastic. <laughs> it's with plastic. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's great. it's a different word because it's not um, a human, it's a thing. So that's the word for that. Um, oh, de-delegated. Yeah. Okay, wait, can I just push forward? Because I just don't know how much time, I don't think I have too much time with you. Okay. And I just want to cover the, this wide-ranging, I think you just covered <laughs> so much in, in that short amount of time. <laughs> Thank you. So I just really want, need to get to it all. Okay. This all comes down to, okay, you're trying to measure the degradation of these polymers and they have a lag time or something. Yes. You were saying there was a, yeah, dive in on the lag. Yeah, What's so that like, lag? Like that's what, what we're doing with that is we're trying to figure out how, how big and fast these things are going. Okay, because uh, we're finding, as you know, there's the unknown plastic in space. Uh, yeah, so of course, space plastic. We're trying, well, we're trying, sorry, I'm getting excited again. This is so um, fun to talk about. So, like, what we're trying to see is if we were to take this plastic on, um, how how hard and heavy it's going to be if we were to put it in a truck and how fast the truck would go uh, and how slow it would go if it would lag. Oh, so it's like a physics, it's like a physics experiment or something. Yeah, there's, there's physics with all of this. That's where the soft water comes in with the matrix. How, fa how fast is it and where is it all going? <laughs> uh, so we've got an island just off of Easter Island. That, that's mm -hmm. where this is all. Most of the stuff is being taken place uh, and being yeah. put. Because we don't want anyone getting their hands on uh, the unknown plastic, right? So uh, that's just kind of that's we're not full. We don't fully have everything, but this is like this is an exciting time to be here. And it's exciting that we are figuring it out as we go. I'd say we have, we have time for one more question. Oh, God. But I have like 10 more. <laughs> OK, I got to pick <laughs> one, I guess. You could have a, a one question and a follow up, as they say. All right. Why, okay. Um, uh, you're, so obviously we're trying to turn water humanic, and that's amazing. We just really, really love humanic water. Yep. And uh, and that's a new term to me. Um, but I'm also wondering why it takes. Why does it take so much uh, energy? It just it seems it takes ten kilo DAs. Yeah. To, that's to turn water humanic. Do you want to like just? Yeah. Obviously. That's sort of my last question. Okay. So everyone's made out of water, right? And seventy. <laughs> to create something so humanic, which is like us, you need uh, you need a lot of force. You got to take all this water and you really just got to like shove it in. So that's why we need uh, 10 kilodies, DAs. Oh, kilodies. 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 DAs. Um, just to, quickly, what, is, what does the DA stand for? Thank you. Yeah. It stands for uh, Take deep, your time. 
deep <laughs> angles. It's because it's weight, but we're trying to get it. Like when you take water and you try to put it into something, you have to get it at a deep angle. So what we're doing is we're taking these 10, like 10 killer DAs. And we're just like 10 of them in really sharp, really fast uh, to really pump it up, you know, and get it into that humanic form, which okay, that, uh, makes, that then, makes sense. Yeah, you know, we take the plastic and bada bing, bada boom. You take the plastic and then you bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, and then you just have plastic and water is kind of what you're going for. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's all the time we've got for this segment. Thank you so much, Dr. Ray. I, I think you just did a fantastic job communicating that, like, like clearly and in, in like, an understandable way. Thank I you. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Uh, Peter, you got all that, right? All set? 100%. Okay, awesome. No problems. 100%, 70% or 100%, 100%? Uh, I'm going to go 170. 100% <laughs> over slash 70. Okay, sounds good. You're going to now have the opportunity to explain this yep. as if it's your work to the Canada Research Council to try and get your project funded. So for this round, uh, what would you like me to introduce you as? Um, okay, you can just uh, introduce me as uh, Dr. Ricardo. Dr. Ricardo. Okay, sounds good. It's my dad's name. So let's dial everybody back in here. Do, do, do. Welcome, everybody. Hello. 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 Thank you for attending this month's Canada Research Council Funding Committee meeting, where we pick a single scientist in Canada who will receive a gift basket to help motivate them to do research. <laughs> Making the case for this month's gift basket, uh, we have Dr. Ricardo. Welcome, Dr. Ricardo. Bonjour. <laughs> Not what I expected. <laughs> and uh, here on the committee today, we have uh, Dr. Chile, we have Dr. Ray, and we have Dr. Ned Bink. Hi. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, panel of esteemed doctors. Dr. Ricardo, you have uh, around a minute to explain uh, your research and make the case for your gift basket, and you may begin now. One minute. Okay. I, w listen, I need the gift basket uh, because I'm very uh, overworked and very tired. We are dealing with one of the world's most uh, uh, um, toxic problems. Take a, take a swim in the ocean, why don't you? And t take a big gulp. And you know what you're going to get mostly? Water. But do you know what else you're going to get? A lot of plastic. There is too much plastic in our world. It's everywhere. Uh, I've been, my, myself, entirely just me. Uh, my, my team is just me. I go out to the ocean myself and do this. And I've been measuring the degradation of various uh, uh, polymers and their ability to biodegrade. Can we get these polymers to break down? Now, we know about uh, PLAs, of course, and their stinky, stinky cousin, uh, PHAs. But what we've been observing is that there's a third, or PCL, we're calling it, uh, plastic. Pretty cool. Lego is what we're calling that. So it's basically super hard plastic that we found in space, sort of the extremophile of plastic. And we have been finding that there are ways that we can make it biodegrade. So can we can we use that um, and, and use its like ebotic weight uh, to help us break down the other plastics that we know lots about, the PLAs and the PHAs? Okay. So the idea is by slowly injecting air into the water. Uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna help with the degradation of the plastic. Now, why are we doing this? Okay, well, I don't know if you saw the other day, Elon Musk launching a spaceship, trying to get to Mars. Okay, how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna live on other planets? We need to make water on other planets humanic, which means able to be enjoyed by humans. And I'm talking swimming. <laughs> I'm talking hot tub, showers, and then of course the least important one, drinking it. All right, now this takes a lot of energy. Okay, so we're looking at upwards of 10 kilo, kilodaws, and, and that's a very, it's like a physics-based energy. So it's, a, it's, a, it's about the impact of the air into the water that helps the plastic degrade. And, those, and, and when I say plastic, I don't just mean, you know, plastic water bottles and stuff. I mean plastic uh, that we don't understand. Like the, the space plastic is not necessarily plastic like we would make. It's like a little, it's like a space polymer that we're like, well, we, can, we can't use, it's not water bottles, but we better not drink it. It's like some kind of other toxin. And so the, so essentially how we know we've done that is when we have a soft water matrix. All right. I want you to picture the uh, 1999 movie, The Matrix. And 
And I want you to picture that whole, that utopia that they built for themselves, right? So, and that's kind of what we're trying to do. That's called the soft water matrix. Put me back in. Do you know what I mean? Put me back into the soft water. Get me out of the hard water. How we know we have humanic water is when we have that soft water matrix, when we have that sound that comes with uh, a potable water. Uh, and to do all this work, I'm doing it by myself, so I'm going to need me that gift basket. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, that was such a great explanation. You are well, you're most welcome. I'm glad to be here and glad to help. We'll add that this is the, the second time in the last three months that this council has had to deal with someone talking about the movie The Matrix for our regular <laughs> listeners. That would be episode five. It's very relevant to a lot of science. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it is entirely a scientific movie. Yes. So. I want to turn it over to the panel now um, to ask some questions because, you know, I am interested in perhaps giving you the gift basket, but we need to really make sure that you are the real deal. So I'll open it to the floor to the, our scientist guests here. Uh, if I may, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Ned Bink here. Dr. Ned? Good to see you, Dr. Ricardo. It's been entirely too long. Anyways, <laughs> back to what uh, the more important point. In your search for creating the humanic water, have you found that there are specific tools that you use commonly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shovel, uh, pencil, let's see, what else? Uh, um, I, well, actually, and that's a good point. So the, so, the soft... <laughs> The Softwater Matrix has another mm. use. Uh, I, I used it primarily as like a movie-based joke, but uh, Softwater Matrix is actually a pool of soft water. You know, you're familiar with water softeners, yes? Naturally. That's yeah. what I did my dissertation. Yeah, well, um, and that's what I was saying, Dr. Bink. I was like, if I bring this up, he's going to be like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Softwater Matrix is a pool of soft water through which we pass the 10, the ten kilo does of uh, hard water. Do you, have a, yeah. uh, do you have a do you have a follow up question real quick? Uh, do you have a, a strong system for dealing with the soft water waste? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, consult my notes here. It, primarily, it's like, oh, we know if it's gone bad if the pH is increasing rather than decreasing. So it's like, oh, this is wastewater okay. now. Um, and I believe uh, we just kind of, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Pour it out. Okay. Pour yeah. it out okay. in the forest okay. somewhere. Okay. I will take note of that. Wow. Okay. Great. Uh, Dr. Ray. I see you have a question. I'm just wondering, uh, for those who might not know, what does PLA, PHA, and PCL stand for? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Dr. Ray. Um, that's a great qu uh, question. I had said earlier the PCL I had mentioned uh, stands for Pretty Cool Legos, which is a type of hard plastic, very hard to deal with. Um, the other two, uh, PLA and uh, PHA, was what that the one you H asked about? PHA? Yeah, so yeah. The H what does the H and A stand for? We yeah. know the P's are the polymers. Except for the space ones. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You know what it is? P Honestly, if I'm being honest with you, it was a, that's a, um, uh, it's a, like a nickname that we give oh, PCLs. Okay. We call them pretty cool Legos. But really it's, it's polymer, it's polymer chain lace-ups so they are they're very they're tightly wound polymer chains phas are um polymer uh polymer hell uh polymer hell acrylates uh now uh, so essentially what those are we just call it's polymer we're in polymer hell so stinky so we say we're in polymer hell with these little acrylates which is an object and then the pla it does sound kind of like uh like an Irish freedom fighters or something. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, the PLA is, of course, polymer uh, long anties, um, and uh, and that's another nickname. It's a nickname again, but we're just trying to kind of remind ourselves that the PLAs are the non-stinky versions. They're nice and clean and tidy, oh, and they're much okay. longer, uh, oh, harder to harder to break down. Okay, because they're not off-gassing. They're not being stinky. But the stinky okay. ones are stinky. <laughs> Easier to break down, but they're stinkier. That, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Dr. Chili, do you have any questions for Dr. Ricardo? No, oh, no. <laughs> yes, Dr. Ricardo, I was just wondering, you mentioned that uh, it takes about 10 kilodas uh, of energy to yeah. change from soft to hard water. Yeah. Could you explain if you've done experiments to reduce that energy level? Oh, great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 10 kilo deep angles uh, uh, from Dr. Ray's work is quite, is quite a lot of deep angles. It is. It's quite expensive. To, 
Oh, totally. Well, and who's got the who's got the money in this economy? So, so what we've been what we've and that's where the lagging trying to figure out the lagging comes from. So, if there's a way to speed it up, it takes less energy, right? So, it's less input for more, you know, output. So, so, so uh, um, if we can figure out the lagging, so in fact, that's kind of all my research is about is how to make it take less energy to do this. I'm thinking primarily the best way to do that is again the software matrix. <laughs> getting our soft water matrix softer. The softer it gets, the less work we need to do. Then the water is doing more of the chemical reactions that break down the polymers. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that it does. I can tell that it does. <laughs> Dr. Ricardo, I have one other quick question for you. Yes, the uh, medium gift basket, please. The medium one with the cheese. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, but oh, um, sorry, sorry. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Um, I, of course, have read your, your 1994 seminal paper on ebotic weight, but yeah. perhaps you could tell us, for those who haven't, <laughs> what exactly ebotic weight is and why it's so critical to your work. Real quick, just before we get going here, I was 12. Now, <laughs> ebotic weight... Ebotic weight is how we classify. Here's the thing. You get a cup in the ocean. You take a cup of, of salt of ocean water and you're like, oh, a cup of ocean water weighs one cup. That's not the ebotic weight. Do you know what I mean? We want the weight of the plastic contaminants in the water. How do we get the ebotic weight? Sorry, I just want to confirm a cup is a unit of weight. Is it not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. So it's like a square cup, a square cup. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, is it? It's a unit of measurement. It's not a unit of weight. What I'm saying is, so, but it wait, no, no, hang on. Let me explain myself. I feel the gift bag slipping through my fingers here. Ebotic weight is the, a cup of, what I mean is it weighs the same amount of a cup of water. That's what oh, I mean. Okay. So how, sorry, so I that, misunderstood. Yeah, so it weighs one cup's amount. I thought you were conflating weight and volume as being the same thing. I've never done that. Not once. <laughs> So ebotic weight is how do, how do we separate? How do we get to the weight of the polymers within the water? How do we separate that? Right. You know, stuff. Okay. So in other words, we should probably read your paper if we want to understand. That. Yeah. And I should probably read it too. Uh, just to triple check. Uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. That paper will illuminate things. Thank you so much, Dr. Ricardo. I, I feel like I, I understand this really quite well now. Um, are there any last questions for Dr. Ricardo? Any burning questions or issues? before we go vote. No? Great. Dr. Ricardo, thank you for your time. Um, I will, I'll text you about whether or not you won the gift basket. Oh, okay. That doesn't <laughs> so, sound too promising. Yeah. Um, it's been fun, though. We've had a good time with you. So, <laughs> thank you. And that's the most important thing of science, is that it's, yeah. you're having fun while you're doing it's a, it. It's actually all about fun. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's, that really is, that's the motto of the Canada Research Council, actually. It's, if it it's ain't all about fun, fun. Yeah. yeah. Don't learn about it. <laughs> All right. So on that note, I want to move on to the last phase of the show, which is where we bring back Dr. Chile and first of all, apologize for what we've done to your work uh, and uh, ask you what the hell happened here. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> A lot of it isn't physically possible. I mean, hard, hard and soft water is actually a thing, um, which is interesting. Of course, of course. It has to do with the uh, the matrix of the water molecules. So you, you're, you're interesting there. That part nice. is interesting. Can you tell us, broadly speaking, what it is that you of do? Because I think even that sort of big picture yes. got lost pretty quickly. Oh, darn. Yeah, I, I thought I had it. No, you did actually really did really well. well. I think um, you did really well, Peter. So I, uh, yeah, I researched the biodegradation of bio-based and biodegradable polymers, which is which came through quite well. I guess what didn't come through is anything else. It's <laughs> 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 on me. It's on me, and I'm sorry. It might be a little bit on me. I was like, I knew, I know what those words mean. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get anything. But no, somehow, through the telephone conversation, uh, you ended up getting on the right track, uh, which was, was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we explore the chemical, biological, and mechanical degradation of plastics uh, to try to accelerate the degradation um, and create new waste management technologies that will be able to manage that type of waste. So it doesn't end up in the landfill. Yeah, so that's pretty much what we do, which is pretty interesting. I spend a lot of my day digging through compost um, up to my elbows in decaying matter. So, you know, it's a not quite as prestigious as, you know, wading around in the water trying to harden it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it does take less energy um, as well. Killer Daltons, KDAs, are um, a measure of molecular weight, so the length of a polymer chain. Uh, <laughs> and, not, and not the angle at which that, uh, that air enters the water. <laughs> so that too is a thing. Well, the, um, the energy at which, or the force at which that the air and water interface is compressed. Um, I'm trying to really just remember what uh, what the summary was, but um, yeah. Very quickly, why does the why does the weight of the polymer matter? Uh, so long, long polymer chains take a lot. Like you're really, it just the longer the chain, the the longer it takes for it to break down. And so we're just trying to measure hmm. the degradation or how much we've actually done, how much we've decayed that chain um, by measuring the molecular weight. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, and I guess one thing which was also um, mentioned was the difference between abiotic and biotic degradation. Um, <laughs> oh, that's where abiotic comes from? <laughs> um, so abiotic means not from biology, and biotic means biology, biological degradation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, wait, uh, I, I'm not sure if this is like necessarily our time to learn, but like, no, it is. Is abiotic degradation? Does that mean like the sun or something like breaking plastic uh, yeah, down in the sun? Much. So anything which isn't biology, so it could be just a second. <laughs> um, sorry, just one more. <laughs> 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 in, just in a lab, like, hey, I'm trying to teach We're these comedians. Here. Give me a second. You're doing yeah. dumb comedy. <laughs> yeah. I um, probably should have mentioned to the team that this is always happening, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. Abiotic could be things like, um, yeah, so just like, you know, the grinding of it, of the plastic on the ground, or like the movement of it uh, through the waves, or something like that. Whereas, Biotic is anything which is microbial um, degradation is essentially the difference between the two. So those those abiotic processes, those are the, the mechanical ones you were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, mechanical and also chemical is technically as well. So like UV light, um, chemically mod like degrading the plastic could also be an abiotic process. Yeah. And um, I think the humanic uh, substances, <laughs> which... which <laughs> Yeah, humic substances. So, like things of soil. So, it breaks down into soil like molecules, is uh, what the point of that was. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to humanize the plastic. Or humanize the water, I think, was a good one. Too. Um, Another piece that, that, we, that got talked about a lot were the, the three types of plastic. Can you go over what those are? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So uh, PLA is polylactic acid. So many lactic acid groups. PHAs are polyhydroxyalkanoates, which I'm sure you wouldn't have thought of off the top of your head. And PCL is polycaprolactone. Yeah, just different types of biodegradable polymers, essentially. Can you can you please ref tell your team to refer them to as pretty cool Legos? I, I definitely can. We actually don't really work very much with PCL. I didn't update the uh, little blurb I sent. I should have put PBAT, which I don't know would have been better or worse for you. Worse, much worse. <laughs> so it's not from space. So just to confirm, PCL is not from space. It's not some kind of rare space plastic. No, uh, unfortunately, there are. At least, I'm, I don't know. You know, we never know what's happening in the wider universe. Uh, you know, there may be aliens who have been creating synthetic polymers themselves, but to the best of our knowledge <laughs> currently, there are no space-born <laughs> plastics other than the ones that we have shot into space because space, just like the rest of the Earth, is full of trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Humans are number one. Humans are number one. <laughs> So, okay, I, I've got one other question, which is, um, what are the three phases? Because those got, those got brought through a little bit, and then I think they got dropped in favor of... Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so I think it was um, <laughs> lag, biodegradation, and plateau. So the lag... Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's interesting for me, I guess. <laughs> not Maybe not for other people. But many biodegradable polymers um, exhibit this lag before it actually starts to biodegrade that's generally um, oh. associated with the, the need for, for water and other types of degrading molecules to actually 
penetrate into the to, into the body of the plastic. And so that's what causes this lag. And then once that like once you have enough water and enzymes inside the actual plastic itself, it starts to degrade and then you start to see an increase in the biodegradation until it reaches a plateau where there's no more active biodegradation. Um, and so you start to it starts to plateau off again. Whoa. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> fascinating. I know. <laughs> Very cool. A- any other questions from uh, from you three for Dr. Julia? Yeah. Where where are you like doing all this research? Like what? Is it, and why is it in that specific location? Uh, what location? Like physically where am I or and why am I doing it in yeah, compost? Well, yeah, like uh, are, is the compost in, like have you, has the research led to you to do the compost in that one section what, because of a certain reason or is it? No, it's just like many biodegradable plastics are designed to break down in industrial composting conditions. That's the, I don't know if you've heard of this, emerging type of materials, compostable plastics. Um, and so we're just trying, the, the problem really is, is that they don't really break down very quickly in composting conditions. So the work that we do is try to accelerate that degradation so it's more in line with natural products like banana peels and apple cores and uh, things like that. Okay. Yeah. But doesn't doesn't start doing that when it's in your fridge? Yes, it doesn't start doing it in the fridge. So like the, the environmental conditions in industrial composting facilities kind of activate the degradation. And then that's what really starts it off. Yeah. And is your research primarily in the, like, are you looking at ways through like abiotic or, or biotic ways or both? We, we attack the problem from all fronts. So we do both mechanical, uh, biological and chemical degradation. And so, yeah, I built this lab in Vancouver uh, where we have developed and we're currently building a lot of instrumentation so we can better probe the degradation of plastics, or biodegradable plastics in uh, different conditions. Cool. My last question, it's a bit spicy. Feel free to edit it out if, if we need to. I have seen some things and I've read some things. Don't worry, it's not getting into conspiracy territory. But I watched this thing on like CBC or something like that and the, the scientist, she was like, the fastest way to get it to the ocean is to recycle it because we put it on ships and then we ship it over to another country and then half the time they just dump it out. Yeah. And that it's maybe even easier or better right now to throw it in the landfill, which also is not ideal. But the, my question for you, I guess, is, is plastic recycling bullshit and should we stop recycling plastic? That is a fantastic question. And I don't think we should stop recycling. That's probably not the way we want to go. Okay. But the waste management system is fundamentally flawed and entirely broken. Uh, that is a very, very true fact. And the majority of things that we use on a day-to-day basis do not get converted into new products. And that's, um, you know, that's just, that's a symptom of the way that we've built our, uh, our society. And it's this idea of the linear economy versus the circular economy. So in a linear economy, it's a take-make-waste model. So you take things out of the ground, you make them, and then you literally just leave them in a pile slightly out of sight and don't worry about it too much. Um, in a circular economy, the idea is that we, we utilize a, a variety of different waste management techniques, such as recycling, such as reuse, such as refusing, um, such as composting and a whole bunch of different other things to actually make sure that those materials end up feeding back into another material loop. And so it keeps getting uh, used round and round and round. And that means that we can reduce the amount we're extracting from the environment and induce the environmental impacts of all of that extraction. But it also it reduces the environmental impact of just leaving things on a pile slightly out of sight. Um, so yeah, so that's where a lot of the work that I'm doing is trying to transition into this idea of the circular bioeconomy, where we can take waste um, biomass and agricultural feedstocks and then use them as a starting off point for pretty much everything that we do in our society today. Amazing, wow. What can we do as individuals then to make, is, is there anything we can do to make a difference? Yeah, there, it, it's hard because it's going to take like systemic change and a huge cultural shift as well. I mean, this is where it's feel like we're recording this in Christmas and, you know, the amount of consumer capitalism that's happening is disgusting and I hate it, but how can we really stop this system um, just as individuals? So, I mean, we can do our best to kind of become transition towards being a little bit more zero waste, you know, trying our best to just reuse and repair our clothes and the things that we use every day. We can also start to actively get um, involved in the conversation around plastic waste and waste management in general, just, you know, thinking really deeply about what happens when you put your trash in the bin and where does it actually go? 
And then, you know, we can get more politically involved. We can talk to our local um, representatives and things like that. You can decide where you want to shop. You can also, you know, just take some time to start going to tool libraries and renting different types of tools and doing things around your house. Yeah, so it's just, you know, taking these small little steps um, to start that cultural shift uh, so we don't have to just constantly be buying new things every two seconds. That's, Love that's that. fantastic. Where can people go to learn more about your work and find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I have a series of websites, just as a, a series of businesses, I guess you could say. Um, you can find me at www.lovesechili.com. You can also find me at regenwastelabs.com. Those are all difficult to spell, so hopefully people can find them somewhere. I'll add links to them in the show notes, so people can take a look at the show notes for those links. Awesome. Sounds good. This has been a really, really fantastic episode. I, I feel like I learned a ton. Tim, have you learned something new today? Oh, definitely. Peter, have you learned something new today? Uh, no, I was all caught up from the beginning. Yeah. So it's all good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Raylan, have you learned something new? Oh, hell yeah. What have you hell learned? Well, you know, oh. I... <laughs> so that's a spicy ass. <laughs> You're a dirty turd. That's what I... It's okay. You don't have to answer that. No, I, I'm actually... One thing, uh, <laughs> this is going to... I I'm vegan and I'm trying to go more waste free stuff. So it's been nice hearing, getting to hear all the like that. That's actually a good route to go is trying to reduce the amount of plastic and doing more reusable things that you can like making reusable bags for your veggies when you go pick up stuff. So this is good to hear. I'm, I'm glad and I'm excited. And now I got my awesome. parents in on this shit too, baby. <laughs> There's two more people. There's three of us. We're changing the world. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a great note to, to end on. Thank you, Dr. Chile, so much for your time and sharing with us and uh, letting us just uh, go ham on your work. No worries. It was a lot of fun. Is there anything that you want to plug? Anyone has anything they want to plug or that they've got coming up or places we can find you online? Tim? You can find me at Tim W. Carlson on Twitter and Instagram uh, and... That that's about it. I'm I have a big project on the go right now, but I can't talk about it just yet. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, and then um, I also uh, I play Dungeons and Dragons on Twitch at Blackwater D and D every Saturday night, so you can always check out that. It's pretty fun too. Oh yeah, Raylin. Um, you can find me at Raylin Carson on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm not gonna say what shows I have coming up because this will probably not come out until after those shows. <laughs> 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 and uh, Peter, anything? Uh, Dr. Ricardo, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> I've got uh, my own little podcast called Science. Uh, no, um, it's, uh, it's I bailed. I bailed so hard on that joke. <laughs> I was trying to think of another communication device and I couldn't. I literally can't remember any of them. Uh, no, I got a podcast called This Time It's Different. Uh, check it out at Peter and Chris on YouTube uh, or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and Tim's personal number is one two zero four nine one four. This, I swear to God, the last three episodes, we've had somebody read a phone number out loud. On the show. It's a callback. <laughs> it was good. I was a good callback. I will respond um, okay. to all of your texts. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much. This has been a ton of fun. I had a great time. You all enjoyed the telephone. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Science Telephone is produced by Jesse Lupini and Lucas Cavanaugh. We're edited by Kobe Michaels. Our designer is Kelsey Hemphill, and our intro is performed by France Paris. That's me. To learn more about the show, this episode's scientists, or the comedians you just heard, visit us on the internet at sciencetelephone.com or on Twitter at SciTel Show. S C I T E L Show. End of call.